Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to the MVM Show. I'm Titus, your host, and uh, got a little recap going on for you. Was talking about a bunch about the Delta Waterfowl Expo beforehand. Been there, done that, finally. It was awesome. It was exciting. It was great to meet a bunch of people. So I was just going to recap it for you guys. Pretty much that's going to be it in this episode. Tell you about everything that went on and... um, I hope you enjoy hearing about it, and maybe it will prod you to go next year. Announcement for that. I don't know if it's been made public as far as on their website or their social medias, which actually I think it was. I thought I'd seen a post or something Delta Waterfalls talked about. But anyways, next year it's going to be in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and pretty cool. Um, I liked Little Rock. Um not saying like I would want to move there or something, but where the part of town that the expo was held in was actually really nice and I thought was pretty clean for a good sized city. But people were telling me a couple blocks away it was pretty ghetto. But anyways, where it was at was really cool. I think it was a good place for it. I do know that it was full, and there was some booths that were. I felt bad for them because they were like off in a dark corner, and I'm pretty sure every time I walked by, there was never anybody at them. So. Anyways, um, hopefully wherever they're going to go in Baton Rouge, there's going to be more room because I know there was a lot of vendors and a lot of companies in the waterfowl industry that did not get in because they were already sold out for this year's in December of 2022. So if by any chance you're a a company that's looking to get into the Delta Waterfowl Expo, um, I would highly suggest if you have a business, you have guide service, I think it'd be a great place to go. 
I don't know exactly what they charged, but from what I was seeing, it really wasn't insanely steep, um, depending on how big of a booth. Some guys were getting really small booths. Like, I would say it's probably like, mm, I would say 8 by 10, maybe less than that, like 6 by 8 or something like that. But for what they had and what they were selling, like some of the call makers, they didn't need a massive booth. booth. What's the point of it? So, um. So yeah, um, let's just start. I put I I put a bunch of notes down, just kind of wanted to walk you guys through what it was like. Again, I would highly suggest going. I don't think you need to go for the whole three days. It's really like two and a half because they start at noon on the first day. It goes to six, then it goes nine to six, and then I think it was nine to four on Sunday. We were supposed to stay all three days, but we end up uh, bouncing out middle of the day on Sunday. Went ahead and got back home, got everything done that we needed to get done. So definitely don't think you got to be there all three days. I will tell you this, Saturday was the busiest day. Saturday was insane. Supposedly 30,000 plus uh, people went through there. And um, I think overall the three days, I think some, I don't remember what they said, like 50, 60,000 people passed through. It was good. I mean, it was the second year that done it and it was awesome. Um. It was just pretty much most of every waterfowl person in the industry company was there. Um, I didn't go to every booth. I mean, we walked past every booth. I didn't go in and talk or visit with every booth, me and Thomas. But um, seeing them there, you know, seeing all these different booths there or whatever. So we we hung out, Thomas and myself. Uh, so day one, and I'll go over who I talked to and who I met and all that stuff. But... <coughs> I still got this cough, sorry, but uh, day one, we basically went, because it was slower, it was a Friday, we went around and pretty much seen every booth, just to say, okay, we've seen all the booths here, walked through every aisle, and it took a while, it took pretty much the, most of that day to do that. Um, Thomas is in my front yard grabbing kayaks. And looks like he's going to rinse them off. Anyways, um, so we got that done. On Saturday, it was insane, like almost shoulder to shoulder. It was very busy. And Saturday, we stayed in the heavy shop booth quite a bit. Um, meandered around just a little bit. Went over to Back Down South Clothing Co. Got some hats and shirts that we wanted to pick up from them. That's one of my favorite um, hat places to buy hats from. If you got a bigger noggin, you'll definitely like that better. And he's going to come in and interrupt this podcast now. And uh, so if I cut out and I'm talking to Thomas, don't mind me. That or he's just getting my water hose. <laughs> got to love little brothers. Um, that was Saturday. Really, like, just and met a lot of people. Took a lot of pictures with people, which was really cool. People recognize this. Young people. Older guys had really good conversations. Pork chop. It was nice meeting you. I'll, everyone else, I'm probably not going to remember your names, but uh, met met Justin Myers from PD. I'll talk about that in a second. But anyways, that all being said, I'm going to go over now. Um, honestly, guys, I'm, I'm so entertained about what's going on in my front yard right now. Do you want to walk through of what I'm seeing? Thomas has got our two Old Town Kayaks. Discovery 119s in our front yard. He's going to Montana for family trip. 
he puts them in the front yard, going to rinse them off. And my beautiful daughter's brand new hose messed up the end where the thing screws on Bennett. So now when you put like a, a sprayer, connect it, it just shoots all over you. And I just got to watch Thomas get doused in water because of how bad it leaks. And I can hear him yelling, getting mad at the thing. So that was entertaining. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, let's get to it. So if you're not up to snuff on who people are in the waterfowl industry, you might not enjoy this. And I can't believe how many people when I came back, how was it? Just my friends. And I would name all these names of people I met and hung out with and talked to. Uh, uh, who's that? It's like, how do you not know? If you know anything about waterfowl, and if you're serious about waterfowl, and that might be my answer right there is if you're serious. How do you not know how these people are, I'm telling you? So first off, um, one of the people I talked to and met, he was actually walking by the heavy shop booth. I'm like, look at man, Freddie King right there. So uh, Freddie King, dog trainer, excellent dog trainer. And if you watch any of their timber hunts and their videos that he did, he's hilarious, man. He makes you laugh. He's fun to watch. Go watch him on YouTube, Freddie King. Type it up. Trust me. You'll know as soon as you see him. He's worth watching. If you, if you haven't heard of him already, Freddie King, talked to him for a while. Super down to earth. Super, super down to earth. Really cool guy. And uh, he's going to actually be coming on the podcast. He was more than happy. We exchanged phone numbers. He was more than happy to do a podcast. So that's one thing nice about these is when you meet people to see, are they who they really say they are? Or are they putting on a front, you know, for the camera and stuff like that? So that was really nice to see. Um, so he was cool. He so expect him on the podcast. So most of these people I'm going to talk about too are coming on the podcast. So that's really cool. Seeing Chris Aiken and listen to him do a seminar a little bit on Sunday. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but man, I wanted to stay and watch that, but we had to catch a plane, but he did a seminar once a day, every day for the event for you Canuba on uh duck dogs first season. And, uh, it was really good. Um, from what I what I got to hear, it was cool seeing him and stuff, and super down to earth guy as well. And he's been on the podcast a few times. Going to have him on again soon, for sure. Planning on it, and I actually want to do that topic at Duck Dogs first season. I don't think I've done it on my opinion and stuff, but from a professional standpoint, I have not, as far as I know, done a podcast with a professional on a Duck Dogs first season, and that is such a huge I mean I, that'll help you guys so much and help me you know because before long in next year or so I got to get another dog and start over again which is kind of nice because we just got done with Kelly so I feel like my hands are pretty wet right now not and um <clears throat> fresh I should say even though Nathaniel did the majority of it at least I got I should say my feet wet all over again because it's been a while just a lot of reminders so uh I mean, that's going to be a good episode. That's I'm actually looking forward to that, and I'm actually looking forward to sharing it with you guys. Um, one of the things he mentioned in his talk was how, I can't remember what year it was in Arkansas that he said was a really, really bad winter, really cold. It, it was years ago, I believe. 
And he was talking about guys taking their nine and 10 month old dogs uh, duck hunting in these horrible, horrible conditions for their first hunt and messed up a lot of pups permanently, um, not only physically, but just mentally them kind of getting to be afraid of water, be afraid of ice. Um, obviously very abnormal conditions for Arkansas, but how he was saying how you could ruin a dog for life by doing that. And so, and from my own personal experience, like I said, I shot a coop before Rocky's first actual retrieve uh, because it was dead basically. And we didn't have no resis. He couldn't get anywhere good to hunt opener. Um, that coot was still alive and really went after him, which is, I mean, he's a big dog, right? Like who cares? But as a pup, as a kid, you have a kid with a bad experience that they remember that the rest of their lives. And that's kind of what happened to Rocky. So he's not like that really much anymore with snows and with duck. He's not like that at all with ducks, but like honkers, he just, he just not, if they're kicking around and moving around, he's not too excited to grab them. But anyways, um, so I'm going to have him on to talk about that. And he also mentioned another thing, how ice could really damage. You got to be careful with dogs that ice, like pushing into their, their ligaments and their bones and their joints as they're busting through that could really permanently damage them and cause nerve damage. So that was something I never thought about. I didn't get to finish that whole thing, but it was just really good. Like I go back again. I, I want to stay no matter what we're going to stay the whole three days. And I want to, sit and do the seminar part of it and get some of those really good instruction um, seminars that they put on because they were basically from the time it started to the time it closed there was different seminars of different stuff dog stuff cooking (coughs) calling oh we went to I didn't put this in my notes but we went to the uh, world uh, cut down duck call competition that was pretty awesome there was actually 58 participants so if you can imagine I believe they have, what, 60 seconds, something like that. 60, 70 seconds. And so basically the halfway point was uh, 29 callers, and that's where we just walked off because that was over 30 minutes, just that. And that was just for the first round. So, man, there was two guys, and I wish I would have asked what call that guy was using. The very first guy that called, I feel like, was the best out of the first 29 he wasn't the one that won the competition. I seen it on Delta Waterfowl's page later, but like his style was so good. His calling was so good. His call that he used was very clear and crisp and sharp. Um, some of those guys that get up there, it was so muffled. And I know that has a lot to do with how you put your hands on the call. That's not what I'm talking about. It was just a very nasally, muffly sounding call. It wasn't open. If that makes sense. This guy's is really good. I wish I could, if they posted it somewhere, all the names of the callers and what calls they were using in order, I would. I, I think I would actually go buy that cut down. Um, I like my Kirk McCullough, but I didn't get to try it before I bought it. And who cares if I have two or three or four or five cut downs? I, I, want, I would like to get another one because um, Kirk's is a little, like to me, it's kind of, um, it's a little more quieter and muff. I mean, it can get loud, but because I have the X maker and part of it is not, being fully known how to blow it either. But um, I would like to get one that has a little bit more um, clearer and crisper, if that makes sense. Um, uh, next up, this was really awesome. Um, Scott, which is one of the 
big wigs with Heavy Shot, and we helped with that booth, booth a lot, but he introduced me to Rob Roberts. That guy is legit. I believe they're from Mississippi. Um, so stinking nice. Man, he's down to earth. Down to earth as you can possibly get. And he's hilarious. Like, he was just talking about stuff like his wife had to put all his money in and she still lived and stuff. It was just funny. Like, he was he's one of us, you know, just a really cool down-to-earth guy, funny guy. And I'm going to tell you something right now. So they're actually... I didn't ask for this. He offered because I did a short little interview and I'll do another episode about that. And maybe I'll just, I'll probably do another episode and play the clip that I record with him. It's only about 10 minutes. And then I'm also, he's also going to come on the podcast as well. And Russell, uh, Rob Roberts Custom Gunworks and his choke tubes and the new choke that he came out with, the choke tubes, uh, the Raptor, I believe. And he's got some specific for bismuth, and then he's got different varieties and stuff like that, TSS and all that for, like, turkey. But he's actually, I didn't even ask him to do this after we got done with the interview. He's like, man, I want to send you some chokes. And I told him kind of, like, he's like, what do you do? Because he, he seen I was wearing the exhibitor tag, so I was with the company. And I was like, well, I'm with Heavy Shot. But I said, um, yeah, I have a YouTube channel and duck hunting and pattern testing, blah, 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 all that stuff. And he was like... I'm going to send you this choke and that choke and what guns do you have? And I was telling him, he's like, okay, we're going to hook you up. So it kind of became friends and follow each other with uh, their marketing guy. He actually just got a hold of me. So we're going to, we're going to be getting you guys some more pattern tests with those. Um, I mean, I know there's more out there. I'd like to try the Mueller too, but it's like, I don't just don't want to, if people want me to try it and send it to me, I'll do it. But I just don't really like want to spend the money to spend it. That being said, um, about the Powder Master Code Black Duck, there is a goose, and that is tighter. And I've thought about trying that in my 20, but let me tell you something. For, real quick, to get off topic of this, my 28-gauge Benelli Ethos Cordoba best, that choke is staying in there. Well, he said he wants to send me one. I said, no, I don't need a 20-gauge. I just need a 20-gauge. And he's like, I'm going to send you 28, too. I want you to try it. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um... But I told him, I go, my, the choke that came with my Benelli Ethos Cordoba 28 gauge is fire. Like now I say that I haven't put it on paper, but how I've seen it across the water and how I've seen it crumple birds so hard. And I mean, I am shooting heavy 12. That's a big factor, but I just feel like I'm throwing a nice clean pattern, but I am going to shoot that. So keep your eyes peeled for a pattern test with the choke actually i'm gonna probably use three or four of my factory chokes that came with that and just go up and i'm gonna use heavy 12 and i'm not gonna bounce around with different ammos and all that i'm not gonna make a bunch of videos for that i'm just gonna do it for that because i want to know for myself plus you people like watching those so but if he sends me that choke still like he said he was gonna do i'll throw that in there with it um i'd be curious i'm, I'm curious to see how that it does. He said it's not necessarily tighter or not necessarily way better, but he said it's more consistent than any choke he's ever tested. He's done them all. And he's got all the computer graphics and all the stuff that goes with that and the measuring tools that it takes. So if anybody does an amazing job, you know, he does. Um, but what I was going to say is I don't need to change anything on my 20 gauge. It's amazing how it is. My accuracy is the best of any of my gauges. I'm happy with my Pattern Master Code Black Duck in my 
Browning A5. But when it comes to my 20 gauge, I do not think I'm like too stoked about the choke in that one. Um, that Powder Master Code Black Duck. I, I, I have again, I do believe I shot that on paper and it just wasn't, it wasn't impressive to me, honestly. Like I, I'm not impressed with it right now. And this year I plan on mainly shooting heavy bismuth out of it, three inch, six shot. So I think I'm, what I said, if you're going to send me chokes, I, I definitely would like for you to send it for my, um, Franky Fendi Elite 3. So that's the plan right now. And my goodness, guys, I, Katie Anacote has done such an amazing job. You guys got to go check him out. Very fair price and amazing job. And the graving he does, the colors he does, he, it's sick. I will say this, though. I do want to, just because it's Rob Roberts, I met him, and now we, we know each other, and it's like I would like to send him my 20-gauge um, next year. He's 12 weeks out, which isn't actually that bad. I just want to get it back in time early enough as I would like to for duck season. Well, wait a minute here. August, September, October. Actually, I could get that in and back before. Huh. Now I got my own self thinking here. I'd be totally fine with not getting that back till October. I'll think about that a little bit. Anyways, the dude is bad to the bone. Like, he had five, six shotguns there in his booth just to show different colors and styles and all that. My goodness. They literally look like they come straight off the factory floor made like that. I'm not even joking you. It's actually insane. Like when you look down in the receiver, how clean everything is from the end of the barrel to the butt of the gun. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's honestly, it's phenomenal how clean it is. Smooth as glass. Looks like it's going to last 500 years. Like it just, it's baked. I mean, it's on there. You know, ain't no way you're chipping that stuff and the look of it and the distressing is so good on it. I just like, I really, it's bad. Let's just put it that way. It's, it's bad at the moment. So look forward to him coming on. That's the third person I've already said that's coming on the podcast. Good name. Josh Raggio. If you guys know anything about custom calls, Josh Raggio is a pretty cool guy. He makes a lot of custom calls. He's also into like man stuff like, um, like colognes and, uh, uh, what is this is new because he usually just did calls. He does. If you go look at him up on Instagram, he's got some bad to the bone calls. I never blew it and I didn't blow him there. He won me too. And I was like, no, nah, it's okay. There was calls just blaring all over the place. And, and I had this cough. I didn't want to be blowing someone's calls, but, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, he, yeah, he does like clones, beard oil, beard shampoo. He does like leather uh, suitcases and leather backpack, like just, oh, he does some, um, he did a shell holder. Oh my goodness. I wanted this shell. I wanted this shell holder so bad. It was like half of it was canvas. And then the top half where it opens was leather. And then it had the special hook that you could hook like for a tree hook for if you're hunting timber or had a loop, which was, it's all leather, all leather and metal, very old school um, like antique style, but to now, I flipped the thing around 200 bucks, 200 bucks. I was like, oh, you're breaking my heart, man. There ain't no way on God's green earth I'm paying $200 for a shell holder, but boy, it was the sickest thing, though. Honest to God, I, I wanted it so bad. 
It really was cool. It was like half canvas, half leather. Um, I better move though. I got a lot to talk about. So I don't want to make this over 30 minutes, but, um, man, I won that thing. I can still see it. It, it was sick. Like, I think most of you would like it. Go check his page out, though. Josh Raggio. I think it's R-A-G-G-I-O. Don't quote me. It might be R-O-G-G-I-O. He's, he knows a lot of people, and he's done a lot of custom calls for people. So And they're actually on Upper Duck, too, if you go on there. Anyways, all right, moving on. Um, I actually did ask him about doing a podcast, but I, I'll hit him up and for sure have him on. Um we work with ProDrive and I love my ProDrive and, and man, I got some, oh, I got, guys, let's just put it this way. I know how fast now, and I know some of you are probably dying to know how fast that new outboard ProDrive with the service drive lower is going to go. It's fast. Let me just tell you that right now. That 50 horse Tahatsu is going to be bad. They, he told me. You know, on the down low, how fast it's going, and it just got me even more stoked. And uh, I think we might just do a whole new hole, too, as well next year when we get the the um, Tahatsu because from the speeds that they were telling me with an 1854, I think we're going to go back to that because right now we have the 1848, but I think we're going to bounce back to 1854. As much as I don't want to have to deal with all that, with DMV and all that stuff again, um, I'm, I just plan on doing that. Me and Tom's talked about it. I think that's what we're going to do. So anyways, um, but the reason I brought boats is because Sea Ark was there. If you guys never heard of them, they're not cheap boats either. They're around the same as anything else in the market, but it's Sea, S-E-A, Ark, all one word, Sea Ark. You can go check them out. They were there, and that's actually what Jake just bought. He didn't even realize it was basically, it really is a duck boat. And when he bought it, he's like, man, this is perfect. And I was like, dude, that's the one. And he finally got it. And it's sick. It goes about 31, 32 with, and it only has a 40 horse outboard on it. And the hole is pretty cool. It's older, but it, it's a sick boat. It's perfect for Jake and Nathaniel and the boys um, for duck hunting. We got some trips planned this year, in it, but man, they had a brand new one there. It was bad guys. Like the hydro turf in it had like toolies or reeds with like ducks locked up coming in over top, like carved into the hydro turf. It was bad. And they had the 50 Tahatsu, which was an outboard on the upper and lower. And, uh, uh it was just, it was a nice boat. I'm just going to tell you right now, Sea Ark definitely makes some sweet looking boats. So they were there, looked at that stuff. Um, uh, met the guys from Gunner Kennels, super cool. Addison, the owner, wasn't there, but met some really good, cool dudes. They're going to be coming on the podcast talking about their kennels and stuff like that, probably some duck hunting. And hopefully we're working with them next year when I get the new pup, um, totally get us outfitted and, and work with them. Um, it was cool. Friday night, me and my myself and Thomas, my brother, and then Thomas Hoke, which is from Hoke Outdoors or Virginia Outdoors Unlimited, as you, you used to be known as Jake from Chasing Green and Joel Strickland from Surviving Duck Season all went to dinner Friday night uh, to this barbecue place that Joel found. And we probably stayed there for a couple hours just talking about ducks and shot strings and ammo and Arkansas and his new lodge and all that stuff. It was, it was fun. We really had a good time. And those are great dudes. Um, known them for a while now, but never Jake and, um, 
Jake and Joel have never met in person and shook their hand. So, excuse me. It was cool to meet them. Um, also, shout out to my boys that took us to dinner, me and Tom's to dinner. Um, Bailey and, uh, oh boy, here we go. This is what I knew I was going to do. Um, oh shoot. I want to say Ben. I got to go look it up. These guys took us out to dinner. What night was that? Uh, what night was that? Let's see if I can go find them in here. I can find them real quick. It was Bailey was one. There's three of them. And they actually, it sounds like they might be coming out here to duck hunt. And I think that's going to be a fun video because they're from the Midwest, upper Midwest. No, that's who it was. It was Bailey and Wyatt and, um, shoot, what was the other guy's name? I want to say it was Ben. Don't kill me, man. If you guys are listening to this, I know Bailey listens consistently and so does Wyatt. Shoot, did I not? I thought I followed him. I know I did because I tagged all those dudes. Oh, I know how to find it. So anyways, Wyatt and Bailey and the other guy, they took us, went out to dinner. Uh, they were funny, man. It was We just had a really good time. We talked to them almost every single day that we were there. They kept coming up to us and then got to like, hey, man, you know, if you guys want to come to California, they're like dead serious about it. So I believe that they're going to be coming out here to California and uh, we're going to give them the old tour of the taco trucks and hopefully some cinnamon till. And, you know, if they want to make that trip out here and fly out here, um, we're willing to do it and take them around. So we're, we're actually looking forward to, it. I think, just seeing their minds be blown with different environment and different type of hunting. They're from Indiana. So I'm kind of excited about that. Like, I think that would be fun and make a, a neat video. But um, then I'm going to get made fun of for not uh, remembering. <laughs> I got to look it up. Cannot leave him hanging. Gabe. No, that's that's his, that's his one brother. Elijah. That's what it was. Elijah. I was way off. I said Ben. Um, yeah, so Elijah. See, I thought I followed you, man. I'm sorry. I just followed you now. I don't know how. I thought I followed you already while we were eating dinner. But anyways, now I'm following you. But uh, yeah, so we got um, that going on. And those guys just treat us really good. And hold on a second here. Important email. Okay. All right. Um, let's move on. So that's going to be neat. Uh, who else did we do? All right. Yeah, we finally, I, I talked to Bo Brooks quite a bit. If you guys know who he is, he does the elk call and he's won the competitions and the worlds and all that. He's an insane elk caller, but he's also known in, you know, the waterfowl industry works for Higdon sponsor, heavy shot, all that. So we seen each other like, Hey man, we hung out for a while, talked, we were, we we're going to try to go to dinner just to make it happen. Uh, you know, just, I don't know. There's so many people at those things you get sidetracked and then you just end up being at your room eating dinner and then laying around till the next day. So we didn't, we hung out and talked, but we didn't like go to dinner or nothing like that. But both super cool, high spun guy down to earth. I've been trying to get him on the podcast too, but our times just never line up. He's going to be coming on, man. I got guys. I mean, as of right now, one, two, three, four, um, I'm going to have pro drive on five. Maybe even if it's just Justin six gunner kennels, 
have Jake on again, Joel, those guys. That's eight, nine with Bo Brooks, met Wade Shoemaker, super down to earth again. He's been on. Have him on again. That's nine. That's nine episodes right there of just all these people. I mean, that was a great place to go do all that. Um, Wade's legit. Um, Wade knows everybody. I don't know how the guy just maybe because of photography and videography, <laughs> but Wade like knows everybody. So he introduced me to people. It was pretty cool. Um, met some of the big dogs of Federal. Um, and I, his name was Dan. Was it Dan Compton? I think. He's one of the big wigs over there at Federal, um, just because Heavy Shot and Federal are under the same umbrella right now. So they know each other, and um, Scott from Heavy Shot introduced me to him, did some videos with him. Um, really neat guy. Uh, oh, talked to the, the Weatherby guys for a long time. They were in the same booth as Final Approach, seen Josh and uh, Mario, and then talked to the Weatherby guys. And, man, they're cool. Um, super cool guys and, uh, down to earth, we're talking rifles and all kinds of stuff, shotguns. They got, they got to give you a sneak peek. They got a side by side coming out. Um, and I believe it's going to be made in, I thought they said 28, don't quote me for sure. 12 and 20. I think later they're going to come out with a 28 gauge, which would be sick, which for a side by side, I think I would actually just get Thomas wants a 410 for the kids. I want to, I probably would get a 20 in it just just because, um, but I, I, I'm just that the nostalgia of a side-by-side something my dad always had when I was a kid. And it just like sticks out my head. I, I want to hunt, do a duck hunt with it. I got an over under, I got, I won at a banquet last year. I won it several years ago, but I just picked it up recently, like a year ago. And it's an over and under I'll probably take. I used to hunt with an over and under. Trust me, you save a lot of ammo only having two shots make you be focused a little more and stay accurate if at all possible but it's it's really cherry gun so i don't i gotta really be picky on where i take it and how the weather is when i do take it because even if it looks clear and sunny somehow moisture duck hunting always gets on those guns and i don't want to get no rust on it but um <clears throat> i'm almost done um that's basically it. What I wanted to talk about that is that recap. Um, met a lot of fans and hung out at the Heavy Shot booth a lot. Took a lot of pictures. It was fun. It was me. Any of you that were are listening to this, it was great meeting you guys. Um, really enjoyed our conversations about ducks. And, you know, some were there talking about Rocky. And I love Rocky and this and that. So it was really cool. It was a good time. And I could definitely encourage you. You got to make it out there next year if at all possible. Even if it's just for one day or a couple days. Make a family trip out of it. Take your wife, whatever. It was, excuse me, it was well worth it, and um, I I would like to plan on doing it every year if I can. In fact, they already have the dates for next year. It's going to be July again, and it's going to be July 26, 27, and 28. So as of right now, I plan I will be there again next year in Baton Rouge, uh, hopefully hanging out a lot with Pro Drive and then Heavy Shot again. Uh, Pro Drive will be there, and we're thinking we'd like to be the, like that to be when we're picking up um, the other boat and driving it back. That's kind of the plan as of right now. So anyways, that is all for this episode. Man, I got lots of guests coming on when to do that and update. I'm also going to do the next one with some chokes and shotguns and have um, Rob Roberts, that little segment. You, my audio is not that good. His is plenty fine and I don't really do no talking anyways. So it's going to be a little little rougher than our normal audio just because it was recorded through the phone with some little external mics 
But I think you guys will really enjoy it. So thanks for listening, guys. And I'm going to get them uh, all these episodes, start pumping out to you again, and get back to two week, maybe if not more, sometimes. All right, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>